Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Everything Pup podcast. I'm your host, Holly Montgomery. Did you know that over 80% of dogs over the age of three have some form of active dental disease? This staggering number makes dental disease the most prominent of all diseases in dogs. The saddest part of this statistic is that in most cases, dental disease in dogs can be prevented. Of course, like many diseases, genetics play a role, but in the majority of cases, simple preventative measures can totally inhibit dental disease progression. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the stages of dog dental disease and what can be done to help prevent and treat it in dogs. You're listening to the Everything Pup Podcast, the place for dedicated pup parents to find valuable dog-centric tips, interviews with trusted industry experts and your favorite dog brands, and everything else you need to become an informed advocate for your best friend. Now, here's your host, Holly Montgomery. Welcome back. Those of you that know me well know that working in the pet industry is not my first career. I have a rather interesting assortment of previous careers that includes a short-lived career as a dental assistant. This gives me a little bit of background in the dental health space. Although dogs and people share many of the same dental ailments, the most common dental issue with people is cavities, which is actually quite rare in dogs. And the most common issue with dogs is gum disease, which isn't nearly as common in humans. Dental disease in both dogs and people follows a progression, and since people have ample access to preventative dental care, their dental issues don't usually progress as far and as fast as they do in dogs. Now that said, there are many things you can do to help reduce the chances of your dog suffering from advanced dental disease. We'll discuss those during this episode, but let's first get familiar with some common dental terms. The first thing we need to learn about and discuss when it comes to the dental bad guys is plaque. Plaque is a bacteria-filled, sticky biofilm that sits on the surface of the teeth. You've likely had a fuzzy feeling on your teeth before. Possibly after a night of debauchery and heavy drinking, you wake up with that fuzz on your teeth, and that's plaque. Bad breath and red, irritated, swollen gums that bleed easily can also be signs of plaque buildup. These red, irritated gums are indications of gingivitis, which is the early stage of gum disease. We'll get into more detail about gum disease later. The good news about plaque is that it's easily removed with basic daily oral hygiene. In people, that includes brushing and flossing, which most people engage in routinely, (laughs) if not the latter, at the very least the former. So if plaque is properly managed through diet and regular oral hygiene routine, your dog's dental disease will not likely advance past this stage. However, (laughs) I doubt it would surprise any pet parent to learn that the majority of dogs are not on a daily oral hygiene regime. And since plaque only takes up to 48 hours before it calcifies and turns into tartar, that's when the bigger problems begin. That brings us to our next dental problem, tartar. As previously mentioned, once plaque sits on the teeth long enough, it mineralizes into tartar. Tartar is brown or yellowish in appearance and is hard and rough. It's actually a lot like the barnacles on a ship. The rough texture makes tartar an even more attractive hiding place for plaque to adhere to, causing more irritation to the gums. 
tartar can exist both above and below the gum line, and it causes bad breath. Next, let's talk about gingivitis. If you take a peek inside your dog's mouth and see redness along the gum line, that's gingivitis. The gums may also bleed easily, and there may be inflammation as well as bad breath. Gingivitis is the initial phase of gum disease and can only be prevented by routinely removing plaque and tartar from the teeth. Gingivitis is also the only reversible stage of gum disease. When plaque and tartar are allowed to sit on the tooth surfaces for an extended period of time, they can advance gingivitis to the next stage of gum disease, which is periodontitis. Periodontitis in people and pets is most often preventable, but sadly, it is not reversible. Once gum disease has advanced to this stage, gum recession and bone loss begins to occur when the gums and the bone start to shrink away from the teeth due to the tartar buildup. When bone loss occurs, teeth become mobile or loose. Once teeth become loose, they will likely fall out on their own or require extraction. So now that we're familiar with a few of the key terms, what can be done to prevent dental disease in dogs? Well, you know me, before we get started, I have to throw in my disclaimers. Although I'll be recommending some products, please keep in mind that the ingredients and quality of products can change quickly. This happened to me very recently when Champion sold to Mars Pet Care. This totally changes the way I feel about Champion products. So, therefore, when I recommend a product in this podcast, it's only attesting to the quality of the product as of the date of this recording. Also, nothing in any of my podcasts is meant to substitute for veterinary care. Please ensure you see your vet for a proper diagnosis. All right, so although plaque and tartar often get used interchangeably when talking about products and treatment, as we've learned, they're not the same thing. Plaque is much more easily removed than tartar, and therefore, I have a different recommendation for each. So let's start with plaque removal. For dogs, plaque could be prevented with a low-carb diet or removed with regular toothbrushing, dental chews, or other low-carb chews like raw meaty bones or bully sticks. I mention a low-carb diet because the sugar in carbs is a major contributor to advancing dental disease. The bacteria and plaque feed off the sugars and then turn things from bad to worse in the mouth. Dogs also lack the enzyme salivary amylase in their saliva, which helps to break down carbohydrates in the mouth of, say, people like humans. Humans are people. <laughs> Have you heard the old wives' tale, Kibble Cleans Teeth? Not only is that false, but the high number of carbs and sugars in kibble could actually contribute to advancing dental disease. I think it would be the equi equivalent of actually telling humans to forego toothbrushing and chew crackers instead, and that doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? <laughs> Feeding your dog a low-carb diet, preferably freeze-dried or raw, will be your dog's best defense in preventing plaque buildup. Toothbrushing. Daily toothbrushing is what we consider the gold standard of preventative oral care. However, most people will not or cannot do that. <laughs> If daily toothbrushing is not an option, I'd still highly encourage you to attempt to brush your dog's teeth a few times a week. The first thing you want to find yourself is a toothbrush and a dog-safe toothpaste. In some cases, wrapping a clean ga gauze around your finger and using it as a toothbrush might work best. 
You can also use a toothbrush designed for dogs. There are some that actually have sides on them, so it allows you to get all the surfaces of the teeth. Or you can use a soft bristled human toothbrush or even ultra soft for, say, puppies or seniors. There are even brushes that are designed to fit onto your finger that work quite nicely too. Toothpaste can be used to entice your dog to accept the brushing, and many also contain ingredients that help destroy bacteria and freshen the breath. There are a lot of dog toothpaste on the market that are garbage, however, so when in doubt, you can also make your own. Just simply take one tablespoon of coconut oil and mix it with one sixteenth of a teaspoon of probiotics like adored beast love bugs. Now that ratio might change for a different probiotic since the adored beast love bugs actually is quite a concentrated probiotic. Some other toothpastes I like at this moment, <laughs> the moment of this recording, are Vets Best Enzymatic Toothpaste and Four Lagers Dental Powder. In any case, ensure your brushing along the gum line and teach your dog to accept toothbrushing in a positive manner. Lots of positive reinforcement when your dog accepts the toothbrushing. And that might actually mean only brushing a few teeth at a time until your dog really gets used to it. Uh, dental chews, that's the next thing. When commercial dental chews, you have to really be wary of the quality of the ingredients, like with anything else you feed your dog. That's a subject that's way too big for this episode, but some of my current favorites are Plakoff Dental Chews, Fruitables Bioactive Dental Chews, and NPIC also has a product called Bonamins, and those are quite popular in our store as well. Now you can also provide the option of providing low-carb chews like bully sticks or raw meaty bones like chicken or turkey necks, which can help remove plaque before it comes problematic. They may also help remove plaque between the teeth. Now, tartar removal. As we've discussed, tartar is much harder. And although there are many chew products on the market that claim to remove tartar, the truth is that in order for tartar to be removed off the teeth effectively and reliably, your dog would need to chew something that matches in hardness, and there are both risks and rewards to that. Raw recreational bones are a great way to chip off and remove tartar, as well as massage the gums. Dogs can spend hours chewing on a raw bone, and tearing the meat off of those bones can provide a flossing action too. However, chewing anything hard enough to remove tartar can also increase the risk of your dog fracturing a tooth, and we don't want that either. You have to weigh the risk versus reward, and only you can make that choice for your dog. How I personally mitigate the risk is that I choose bones that are not weight-bearing. For example, leg femurs are hard, dense bones because they need to be strong in order to bear the weight of an entire animal. The larger the animal, the harder and denser the leg bones are. Neck bones are only supporting the weight of the head, and rib bones are not supporting anything, they're only protecting organs. These are the raw bones I choose for my dogs. You can also choose bones that are too large to fit between the top and bottom teeth. For instance, large knuckles require that your dog rub the outside surfaces of his teeth in order to chew rather than fitting the bone between the top and bottom teeth, which could easily fracture a tooth. Now, to clarify this even more, imagine that you could easily fit two fingers between your top and bottom molars, but you could not fit a baseball. Therefore, you could bite down with considerable force easily on your fingers, but you couldn't do the same with a baseball. Keep in mind, also, when I recommend bones, it's always raw bones, never cooked. 
Cooked bones can easily fracture and they're hard and sharp and can cause internal damage. And nobody wants that. That's another vet bill and pain and misery for both you and your dog. When I recommend bones to remove tartar, you'll also notice I don't include raw meaty bones in this category. Chicken necks, for example, are not hard enough to reliably remove tartar, even though they work swimmingly for plaque. Elk antlers are also effective at removing tartar, but they are very hard and they fit perfectly between the molars. For that reason, I don't use or recommend antlers with my dogs. You may have also seen non-edible chews like Nyla bones or Benna bones. These chews are also very hard and very likely could chip off tartar. Personally, I find the risk of tooth fracture too high for me and I don't personally recommend these chews. Another con to non-edible chews is that most dogs find them boring, so in order to entice a dog to chew on them, they often put unhealthy flavors on them. If a person insists on purchasing a chew like this, Benabone are the only chews I've found that I'm okay with selling, and that excludes their bacon varieties, which are not approved in our stores. All that being said, in my career as a dental assistant, I've had people come in with broken teeth from eating a sandwich. (laughs) I personally recently chipped a tooth while eating eggs. I thought it was an eggshell. So all we can do is reduce the risk, but the risk is never entirely gone. Another option for removing tartar is through dental cleanings. This is also your best option, although it too comes with pros and cons. The best thing about a veterinary cleaning is that while under anesthesia, your vet can get a really good look in the mouth and potentially find other problems like broken teeth, or lumps and bumps that don't belong there. They can also check for loose teeth, and they can do a thorough cleaning below the gum line. The biggest con is that it's expensive, and anesthetic comes with risks too. Some dogs can't be put under due to age or, say, a weak heart. That might lead pup parents into considering anesthetic-free cleanings. Okay, so I'll admit I'm really torn on these cleanings. Up until about a week ago, I felt that the biggest pro to anesthetic-free cleanings was aesthetic, since you can't do a thorough cleaning below the gum line. However, recently on Instagram, I saw a before and after photo posted by an anesthetic-free cleaning service of a dog that had severe tartar buildup, probably the worst I've ever seen. You could clearly see the roots of the dog's teeth in the after photo, meaning the dog's dental disease had progressed way beyond repair. When I commented on the photo, the poster mentioned the dog couldn't go under anesthetic due to a health condition. She even updated me a few days later to let me know that the teeth had fallen out on their own after the cleaning. The tartar on the teeth was literally the only thing holding them in. To me, this option is better than leaving it and making the dog suffer. My current opinion is that anesthetic-free cleanings are not a replacement for a veterinary cleaning, but it can be an alternative in some situations. Now, dental supplements, you can also try them to help keep the mouth fresh by either preventing or removing tartar. Plaque-off powder contains, I'm not going to say this right, as <laughs> should I even try? I'll, sp- I'll spell it in the show notes, as copholum. Nod osum, which is an algae harvested along the North Atlantic coast. Holly, why didn't you just say algae? Surprisingly, we really get great feedback on this product. You wouldn't think something that simple could actually be so effective. 
Liba spray is another product that we get great feedback on, although it's more expensive than Plakoff, and some dogs don't like it when you spray things into their mouth. Uh, Water additives. These are also products that claim to help reduce plaque and tartar and can help with bad breath. There are tons of these on the market. You basically just add them to water and the dog or cat drinks it. But the only one that we've approved to sell in our stores is called Slurpin' Fresh, and that's a Canadian product. So in summary, let's see if we can take all of that information and simplify it for you. To sum it all up in a few sentences, the natural progression of dental disease is that first plaque forms on the teeth. Plaque's always forming. It's unavoidable. But there are some things you can do to reduce it, and you can also remove it. And if plaque isn't removed daily, it can mineralize into tartar. Plaque and tartar both above and below the gum line causes gingivitis, which is the first and only reversible stage of gum disease. If gingivitis goes untreated, which often happens with dogs, it can lead to periodontal disease, which is an advanced stage of gum disease. At this stage, gums and jawbones start to recede or shrink away from the tooth. When the gums and bone in the jaw begin to recede, it can create mobility in the teeth, which will more than likely lead to teeth falling out or requiring extraction. Another unfortunate side effect of dental disease that we didn't really talk about that much in this episode is the potential for the bacteria in the mouth to enter the bloodstream and create potentially life-threatening problems to the organs in the body, like the heart and kidneys. Like many diseases in dogs, dental disease in most dogs, can be prevented, whether that be through a low-carb diet and or regular oral hygiene regimes. My 7- and 11-year-old dogs, Pebbles and Grizz, have never required dental cleanings. Kingsley's 8, and he's never had one, but I do notice that he's got dry mouth, which can be genetic and can contribute to tartar buildup. Although he's got more staining than the other two dogs, our veterinarian has actually never recommended a dental cleaning for him, even though I've asked. She still says he's in better shape than the majority of dogs. Now, my dogs are fed freeze-dried and raw diets predominantly, but more importantly, they don't eat any starchy carbs. I don't feed cookie treats. I don't feed kibble to any of my dogs. And I don't even give raw bones as often as I should, and I don't brush their teeth or add any dental supplements. So I personally feel that it's actually the lack of carbs in their diet that are keeping their mouths healthy. Of course, that's just my observation and opinion. This doesn't mean that your dog doesn't require dental cleanings, toothbrushing, or any of the suggestions previously mentioned. All dogs are unique, so you need to see your veterinarian for a proper diagnosis. That's all for today, folks. I want to thank you so much for your patience while I took a few months off of this podcast for my mental health and for catching up on life. Uh, Things happen when you don't expect them to. They can throw your life for a loop. And that can lead to mental and physical health problems. So make sure that you are taking care of yourself. And even though the guilt built up for me not being here for you, I had to put myself first, and I'm glad I did, because now I'm happy to be back, and hopefully we can maintain this podcast again on a regular basis. I'm so grateful to see that even though I've been gone for a while, my podcast downloads are still increasing, and that means that you're all supporting me and possibly spreading the word about the the podcast, the podcast. (laughs) 
maybe I need another break. Anyway, I really appreciate your support. And until the next episode, bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and share with your dog-loving friends. The information in this podcast is not intended to replace veterinary care. Always consult with your veterinarian for diagnosis and treatment of your pup.